If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system Greetings, welcome to the Golf Bank System Podcast. It's episode 270. This is our 2023 Open Championship Bets pod. Barry O'Hanrahan and Paul Williams join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss our selections for the Open from Royal Liverpool Hoylake. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more information. And of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world famous golf betting system website where we have Paul's betting preview, my open championship research preview, recent major finish stats analysis, open championship form stats by year combined with current form, plus our brand new custom predictor where you can make your own tailor-made models. All of this content. I can't believe we do it. It's all completely free of charge with no paywall. We're available on Twitter. Barry is at A Good Talk Golf. Paul is at Golf Betting. I am at Bamford Golf. Subscribe to the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where this podcast is available along with my weekly golf betting show. The Open Championship Golf Betting Show is already there, available to watch. Now, you guys as listeners power this podcast, so we need your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. As ever, for those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name and where you are in the review. And don't forget, if you're listening on Spotify, press that five-star button. Get us to 500 five-stars as quickly as we can. Right. This one is entitled, Five Stars Got Me Hooked on Betting Golf. I bet on golf for the first time last year after stumbling on this podcast. Their knowledge and insight on every tournament are second to none. I use their website and their predictor model every week. I've done better at betting golf than any other sport on which I bet. I owe my success to these guys and the useful information they share. If you bet golf and don't listen to these guys, you are missing out. That is from Plantastic Life and he's in upstate New York. Plantastic, thank you very much. Brilliant stuff. Nice, nice to hear that you're uh, getting some success with your uh, punting as well. So uh, good stuff. Now, it's the open this week, gentlemen. Mm. I'm very excited for the show, and I actually snagged another winner last week. You did indeed. One dark Bamford, we should call you, Steve, after your other two. Uh, other two players decided to call it a, a a day before they even started, but yeah, Vincent Norman, eh? Hmm. Please for that Brilliant stuff. Yeah, well done. You you can throw um, a whole life's worth of of stakes out the window on those opposite field events. So to actually snare the winner at twenty eight to one is uh, is a real boost. So mm. I'm pleased with that. What did we um, What did we think of? The Scottish Open. I mean, if if you were ever scripting a more 
um, exciting close to a tournament, that was it, with hometown hero, who we'd been slagging off constantly in the previous <laughs> podcast, Robert McIntyre, banging it to two and a half, maybe three feet from the, uh, from the rough on 18, and then making mm. birdie. And then, of course, Rory yeah. McIlroy going birdie, birdie, 17-18 on two of the toughest holes on the course to, to win the Genesis Scottish Open by a single shot. I mean, it was it was fantastic stuff. really was. Mm. Yeah. No, I was, you know, Rory got his game face on in the end, didn't he? And uh, produced the two shots that needed to be produced at the, at the right time. And they are tough holes, as you say. You know, they're, they're not easy pars, let alone to, to make birdie on both those holes. So for McIntyre to go and produce the shot that he did on the 18th and then... Uh, and ultimately lose was, yeah, disappointing for him. I mean, as you say, you and I had t- talked about um, uh, you know, how his performance the previous week, and because I know you were on him at um, Himmerland, weren't you? Yeah. Uh, when he kind of just melted on the back nine, having got into the lead. Um, but yeah, none of that this time. Um, he did exactly what I was hoping Till Hatton would do on the back nine, which, uh, <laughs> which <laughs> didn't happen. Uh, uh, Tyrrell, I don't know. Uh, you know. There's an awful lot of people on Tyrrell. I was on Tyrrell um, and screaming, uh, screaming at him from, from Saturday onwards, really, um, when he produced that final, the final four holes on Saturday when he had a position, you know, get himself really into position and then missed an easy birdie chance and then uh, duffed a chip and then three putted yeah, the final two holes and it's just like, Tyrrell, please. Um, and then got himself in the lead. Seven holes to go on Sunday. Clearly, 13 under. Um, mm. And then just went backwards. Bogued both par fives on the back nine. Just can't do that. And then just threw his toys out of the pram on the final hole, didn't he? Um, I, don't, I don't know if any of you guys caught any of the, the range action yesterday from the Open, but um, Tyrrell was on there. And, you know, I whether I can back him again or not is, remains to be seen. But... Um, as a person, as a as a character, um, I really enjoy him, and uh, you know he was talking away on the on the range and um, talking about how he's realised that his um, feet position was misaligned over the weekend, you know, and uh, it was just impacting how he was striking the ball, and it's like bloody hell, Tyrion. It's a little bit late, Tyrion. It's a little bit late now to to realise you've uh, you got your feet in the wrong position. Having been in a right, uh, yeah, a really strong position to go and win that, uh, win that Scottish Open, but no, that was it. I'm never overly. A, 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 don't take this the wrong way. I'm never openly a fan of the Scottish Open. I just, but, but I actually found last week's tournament from start to finish really interesting. The way, you know, it was literally it was British Isles golf in. In, in kind of just four days, it started relatively easy. The course was soft. You could shoot on it. And then by the end, it's gusting 35, 40 miles an hour. Mm, yeah. It was literally a, a great synopsis of British Isles golf and what, you know, especially on the coast, what what play, you know, millions of players over here face week in, week out, like yourself, Barry, when you, when you, when you go off on your coastal golf jaunts in, in Ireland. But it was, it was a superb tournament. It really was. Did you see the little review of Rory's shot where uh, 
he was saying it was 260 on the 18th and um, or sorry it was just over 200 but he was hitting he hits two iron 260 in the air so there was a 60 mm. yard hurt in the wind <laughs> the, Mad. to to, to, <laughs> to rifle that at the pin is just it's so so good uh, you could watch that thing over and over again and just uh, yeah re- really impressive um i've been quiet for a minute here well done on norman last week steve that's pretty uh that's unbelievable to get the winner in the alternate event yeah i was pleased with that it has to be said it was real cra- crap shoots um there was i saw a little stat last week i won't have it perfectly but it was it was on rory's closing average in tournaments before um it was before round four and it was comparing him to Tiger and just saying like the, the what Tiger or what Tiger's done to the expectation that's loaded on everybody else's shoulders. I think Rory's mm. closing percentage for fifty four hole leads or co leads was fifty five percent over the last fifteen years, and Tiger's was like, probably one hundred and one percent, but it was something absurd <laughs> like ninety three. So yeah, it, yeah. it was. It, it just goes to show, like what um, what he's done to everybody's expectation of Rory in those situations. That like, it, if he doesn't win, it's a complete and utter abject failure. But but it's it's just not going to happen all the time. Um, it was great to see him do it in the way he did. Uh, really, uh, <laughs> if if you ever needed a confidence booster, I think that might be the uh, the biggest one you could get. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice to see someone go and win a tournament rather than uh, you know a typical DP World Tour event where someone you know just multiple people throwing it away at the end and you know it's kind of last man standing in that respect. So to see Rory go and, and do what he did in the manner that he did, and as you say, it was you know the the shots needed playing because the wind was howling around there. Um, so uh, yeah, no impressive stuff. Yeah, as you say, real boost for him I expect coming into this week. That performance from Robert McIntyre has had a fundamental change to the Ryder Cup team as it stands. Mm. So European points, McElroy, Rahm, McIntyre, Vaults over Yannick Paul. So as of now, he's in the team automatically. There you go. World points, Hovland, Hatton, Fitzpatrick. And then below that, below those guys, you've got Fleetwood, Lowry, Straka, Rose, Moronk. Mm. So it's taking shape. No change on the American team: Scheffler, Clark, Kepka, Zander, Cantlay, and Max Homer are in the automatic spots. So yeah, I enjoyed the Scottish Open. It was you know as a as a hors d'oeuvre for the Open Championship. I don't think you could have made it any better. And I genuinely think that that co-sanctioned event, DP and PGA Tour, just works so well. It's a great addition, I think, to the PGA Tour schedule. I really do. Yeah, it's just completely different. You know, very very knowledgeable crowd. And uh, you just get a great mix of players that you know are contending in it. So I, I think the I think the you know the PGA Tour stars love coming across and playing that event. Right, yeah. that's and enough of been, that. Go on, Paul. Yeah, Sorry. Go on. Go on you no, go. I was going to say it's, it's been a um, it's been a proper test the last couple of years, oh, which you. has been the difference. You know, in the past, it's been a twenty under birdie fest, and um, that's not really been the been the no. game. And you know, Rory himself's been really quite sniffy about the course and the event um, in recent years. But you know, now that it is, well, it has been a decent test, and that's been down to the weather to a certain degree. But 
Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's a, a good addition to the schedule in that respect. Our Open Championship preview with our bets across Paul Barry and myself. This is likely to be the biggest podcast of the year. So as I said on our research podcast, 260, would that have been 269? It would have been, wouldn't it? Yeah, 269. Yep. Yep. If you're down the golf club, just me- if you know any of your listener, mention it to your buddies, just mention it down the pub. Whatever we can do to get additional listeners, additional downloads on this Open Championship preview would be much appreciated. Share the show. Um, we, of course, went into detail around the course trends in the episode 269. We're not going to really go over that again because, um, you know, Paul and I were talking for over an hour about all the various trends, how the course sets up. A couple of things I will ask you, Paul, in a minute because you are our Open Championship expert. So I'm sure you're busily now going to go onto the internet and find out what the weather forecast is. But (laughs) a couple of things I noted yesterday uh, from what players were saying about the course and just from what I eyeballed myself. It does look quite green. Uh, I heard player comments saying, especially for morning starters, there was plenty of water and dew on the course and it was playing every yard of its 7,300 plus yardage. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of drivers being pulled yesterday. Now that could change, of course, we don't know, yeah. This is the thing. Paul, Paul will go through the weather forecast, but as we know, they're notoriously inaccurate over here, especially <laughs> when you're uh, on the um, the coast up there on the Irish Sea. So, um, lots of drivers being pulled. A lot of talk about very, very deep and vicious fairway bunkers, pot bunkers, tend to be positioned two seventy five to three hundred yards carry. Perfect positioning. And if they swallow your golf ball, instant shot penalty. So that's worthy of note. And of course, Tiger in his heyday played the two iron to come up short of those pot bunkers strategically. On a golf course that had plenty of roll on it, clearly, because it was absolutely uh, crispy. But, so, you know, the bunkering on the fairways is being talked about in terms of its penalty and its positioning of the tee. Um, also, plenty of talk about out of bounds yesterday. <laughs> there were lots of tweets about, my God, I can't believe the out of bounds here. They're so in play. And there was plenty of of, of, of chat also about the out of bounds all the way on 18 down the right-hand side and how it's literally within about 10 to 12 yards of the fairway. Yeah. So we kind uh, of this, 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 um... this OB situation, Paul, that we were talking about uh, in the research yeah. podcast is very much um, right. It's correct. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's almost like... kind of... Go on, I was say, it's almost like you have to hit good shots to win the Open Championship. <laughs> <laughs> Ter- terrible you know, you know like oh no there's rough and challenges like deal with it if, if you're moaning about it you're probably like half written off already you know mm. that yeah and Kevin Nile's not Jack. playing yeah I know but remember Jack used to say or I think it was Jack or somebody used to say like if you hear or Brooks as well like if, if you ever heard of somebody complaining about a course like they're probably losing a few shots to you already just mentally 
or, or they might even not be able to win because they're just mentally they're not in the space. So, I mean, you just everybody's playing the same course. You just got to get on with it. Mm, yeah, that's, I mean that's my that's my take on it. It's probably very basic and simple, but no, no, I think that's uh, I think that's right, Barry. I think what we've seen is with the U.S. Open, um, you always have these pre-event images of the ball disappearing into the rough and uh, completely um, completely invisible. Whereas this time, as you said, Steve, the, the images have all been about the out of bounds lines, um, which really do encroach on the. Uh, yeah, not in the fairway, but uh, you know, literally just off from the uh, from the rough, and th- there's going to be plenty of players who fall foul of that this week because yeah. they will have to pull driver. Cam Smith was talking about it on the uh, range yesterday, and uh, you know how he's going to need to play driver far more. Um, you know, pa- perhaps than he'd want to, and you know, was that a little bit of fear in his eyes, given that uh, we know he can be a little bit a uh, little bit wayward with the. Uh, the, the big dog um, yeah it's going to be a, a decent test in that respect so yeah that's the kind of feedback I was getting back on the course it mm. did look rather green rather rather lush yesterday um, what what have you seen in the in the in the weather forecast Paul yeah well looking at it I, compared to um, compared to Renaissance it's going to be a, a little bit more straightforward I think it does look a bit calmer than last week in Scotland um, Thursday, Friday, pretty consistent sunshine and showers. Northwesterly winds, which is kind of the prevailing wind there mm. up on the Wirral. Um, maybe 10 to 15 miles an hour. So it's, it's going to be noticeable. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's not going to be dead calm, and that's that's a fact. What we do see over the weekend is the, the, the winds shift right round to the south. Um, brings in some rain, brings in some drizzle throughout Saturday's the current forecast. So Saturday looks like it could be quite a a, a wet day, um, and then Sunday it shifts around again to the southwest, sunshine and showers, maybe ten twelve miles an hour. So the, the temperatures this week pretty um, nondescript, kind of seventeen eighteen. So that's mid sixties in terms of Fahrenheit. Um, I think the test will be um, that the, the winds will shift around, and this will mean from day to day, particularly from Friday through Saturday. Um, there's going to need to be some adjustment on the way that certain holes are played because ones that would have been downwind or crosswind will be the opposite. So um, it will keep um, keep players on their toes, I think, which is uh, which is going to be a good thing to see. Um, whether it keeps a lid on scoring remains to be seen because it's not going to be excessive. You know, as I say, 10, 10 15 miles an hour is pretty much that's all in the forecast at present, but. Yeah, second guessing these coastal conditions can be a little bit of a dangerous game. So, uh, yeah, let's keep 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 a close eye on it. I think. Uh, Michael Kim on his tweets was saying that that northwesterly wind direction makes the course play its most difficult. Now, yeah. take that as what it is. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's Michael Kim's comments yesterday. So yes, um, interesting. Those actual wind numbers from what you've put in your preview and from what I gleaned aren't quite as strong as they were Thursday, Friday at the 2014 edition, if it was gusting 15 miles an hour max. I think in yep. on Thursday in 2014, we saw gusts up to 30. And I think on Friday, it was round about that 15 to 20 stroke 25 mark. So, yeah, it's all swings and roundabouts, really. 
Yeah, and you get you know the the, the tides impact the the wind as well. So you know you've you've got to be ready in coastal mm-hmm. conditions to expect you know a different uh, different conditions from from hour to hour and. You know, a squally shower blows in, which is quite possible looking at the forecast, and there could be wind associated with that. So, um, whilst there doesn't look like there's going to be any any draw bias right now, sitting here talking at yeah. eight o'clock on Tuesday morning, um, <laughs> never say never at the Open no. Championship. John Rahm was already saying in his um, pre um, pre Open interview that I saw this morning that there's always always a draw bias at the open those are his words and yeah there you go <laughs> and also he was talking about how it would be fantastic for him to be the first Spaniard to win it since Seve which which got me worrying straight away because I think the talk at, uh, at the Masters was very much the same before we mopped that one up yes so uh, it's it's clearly on the spidey senses of John Rahm. Right, before we go into the players and our selections, in terms of best bookmaker for the 2023 Open Championship, we're highlighting Bet365, who are offering a default eight places each way at 50 odds on the Open Outright Market. Right now, as we record the pod, they are offering extended market best odds and eight places each way on market leaders, leaders such as John Rahm, 12 to 1. Cam Smith, defending champion, sixteen to one. Victor Hovland, twenty to one. Xander, twenty-five to one. Lowry, twenty-eight to one. Spieth, thirty to one. Morikawa, thirty-three to one. They are also have the hugely popular Corey Connors at eighty to one, as opposed to the sixty-six to one with William Hill. They're both eight places each way this week. We recommend Bet three six five if you are eighteen plus. And do not have a Bet365 sports account. You can find details of their current Bet £10, get £30 in free bets, new customer promotion, plus a link through to that very offer. With T's and C's in this podcast description, don't forget to use the bonus code Paul. Sport30 is the bonus code. S-P-O-R-T-3-0. Sport30. When registering. And just as an aside, chaps, you know we always you know have a little look at Bet365. They have two bet boosts available right now. Shane Lowry, 28 to 1 to 33 to 1 to win the Open. And this one is really interesting. Rory McElroy, 7 to 1 to 8 to 1 to win 2023 Open Championship. Hmm. It's interesting with Rory because all of the money, you know, given given everything we've said about how he played last week, all of the money so far has been on Scotty Scheffler. Mm. Been an absolute sea of blue, and if he carries on the way the market carries on the way it is, Scheffler will end up favourite for this, which I think was pretty inconceivable with Rory walking off on uh, on Sunday evening with the with the Scottish Open trophy in his hands and coming to a course that is um, he won back in twenty fourteen, mm. uh, the last time that uh, last time that Hall Eight was played for the Open Championship. So I wasn't expecting that, but I I can see people have uh, decided to lump on the uh, you know, the Scheffler each way option. I expect is the way they're playing it. Mm. Do you re- do you reckon there's um a, like a, almost a betting bias against Rory because he won the Scottish Open? And he, he might actually be favourite if he didn't win the Scottish Open. That, because going back to back is a little bit tricky and that's maybe factored in in what people are doing. Yeah, well, it is. But 
we don't have to go back too far in history to find someone who's done that. Um, Phil mm-hmm. Rickerson did it back in, was it 13, I think? From yeah, 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 2013 when the Scottish Open at Loch Lomond. And then uh, yeah. picked up picked up the uh, the big trophy at uh, Birkdale, I believe. Not Birkdale, Muirfield. Oh, it was Muir, Muirfield, yeah. Muirfield, yeah. And it was yeah, it was the same price both weeks, wasn't he? So um, yeah, twenty to one or thereabouts, and uh, his price just didn't shift for the following week, and he went and went and won there too. And it would be a similar scenario with Rory because he's pretty much the same price this week as he was last. Um, but yes, yeah, I, I don't know about. It. I think you're probably right. People look at it and think, well. Do you re- can can you reasonably lift yourself for both consecutive weeks? Rory has gone win win in the past with a major involved, and that was the last time that he won um, a major back in twenty fourteen. In fact, he went win 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 um, in that stretch, so it's not unprecedented, um, and it's not unprecedented with Rory himself. So, yeah. I guess punters are overlooking that to a degree and looking at um, Scotty Scheffler's record recently. And if you look at how he's played, 16 starts in 2023, 16 consecutive top 12 finishes. Um, Last six, second, third, 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 fourth and third last week. It's just an incredibly consistent run of golf. And I can see a logic in the each way better... You know anything from seven, eight to one upwards. Mm. You know, in the, in the preview show, Steve, you and I were talking about if Rory won, what price would Scotty be? And you know, we kind of postulated that he may be around the ten to one mark, but he isn't because he's so so close, isn't he? Um, well, he finished in the top three at the Scottish Open, so that didn't yeah. allow for any extending of the odds, did it? No, not at all. And you know, punters are looking at this and thinking, well. You know, he's consistently finishing in those top three, top four positions every single time he plays. Mm. And I can get him with extended places, um, you know, at seven, eight to one. Why not? And uh, I, I, can, I can see a certain certain logic with that. And uh, that's certainly how the market has gone so far. Barry, take, take us through this uh, Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy duo at the top of the market and your and your view on them. I had like just like initially, or just go, go, like if I wanted to just pick one over the other, I'm picking Rory over Scotty Scheffler. Rory has more links experience, and that might just be the little edge this week. Hmm. But, I mean, that if if I'm running like if I'm running that coin flip a hundred times, it might end up like low fifties to high forties, um, just because of how consistent Scheffler's been. I mean, Rory's not that far behind him in consistency either. When you look at his run, you know, seventh, seventh, ninth, second, seventh, first. So, no. it's, and it's been obvious with Rory, isn't it? As soon as Rory finds the driver, all of a sudden the game comes together, mm. and he's driving the ball great. Yep. I might yeah. be unpopular, but you you know I pulled together my stats numbers for strokes gained um, over an eight week period. I can go all the way back to Phil Mickelson when he won the PGA Championship in 2021. And players have won that major, have all been in the top 25 on my strokes game putting rank or have had a top five performance, the outing before with the putter. 
I mean, it's amazing how consistent this number is. It worked exactly for Wyndham Clark, who was 66 to 1 to win the US Open, because he was in the top 20 for putting and in the the week before at uh, the memorial, rather, the outing before, he was in the top 16 for strokes game putting. So that tells you you've got to be putting well to win a major. Scotty Scheffler right now is putting worse than Gary Woodland. He is in the bottom 10 of my analysis. And last week at the Scottish Open, he was 132nd of the full field for strokes game putting. So... On that basis, I'm with you, Barry. I would, I personally would prioritise McElroy over Scheffler if I was picking one of the top two. McElroy is sitting in my analysis 17th for strokes game putting. And last week, he was 36th for strokes game putting. So he had a positive week with the putter last week in Scotland winning the title. So I, I, I'm with you, Barry. I would take McElroy over Scheffler on, on those numbers. I think it's it, it will come down to the pressure. I think that Rory puts on puts on himself and the expectation. You know, you, you you've got to go all the way back to 2014 now since he won a, a major championship and he's, he's had chances since. There's been a lot of um, implosions, is uh, you know, if that's the right word to use because I use it advisedly he you know he started some events and started some majors off really poorly and then recovered and um, there's been you know some the other way around where he's been in, in the mix and then Sundays have just not happened and you know had he not won the Scottish Open from the position that he was in last week that would have gone down again as another um you know another event that Rory should have won that he you know kind of threw away ultimately now he didn't Can do we- that can we go back? Can we go back to the tweet about Tiger's expectations, though, mm. and the expectations yeah. you put on Rory? Like he can't win a hundred, you know, even close to a hundred percent of them. Like, Didn't you say fifty-five percent? Fifty-five percent, which is astonishing. Yeah, it's not, it's not, he, not exactly he, a bad conversion rate, is it? <laughs> no, but but he, but he he seems to do it one way or another in the most dramatic fashion, which I guess is with which is what has mm-hmm. us talking ad nauseum about it like and mm. and and really being you know massively disappointed when he doesn't win. Just trying mm. to take a bit of heat off him there, Paul. Gotta defend him a little bit. No, 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 no. I I, I there's arguments you can make either way and um I the, the, undoubtedly he's playing good enough golf to win and undoubtedly he's got the talent and the game to win it when he won here in 2014 it was similar enough conditions to, to correlate to this week I think it was pretty soft underfoot yeah. mm. um, he opened he opened with 66 shot 66 in the second round and just raced off into the distance now I know he got clawed back a little bit towards the end but uh, by that point he was you know far enough away from the field that um you know, it was going to take something monumental for someone to catch him up. Could he do the same thing here? If he gets off to a fantastic start this week, then it could be a you know a, a one horse race. Um, we, we, we shall see. Um, you know, personally, if I were picking one over the other, yeah, I think I'd be in the same camp as you guys. I think I'd be picking Rory over over Scheffler. But I can see the logic in an each way bet on Scheffler. Because he has been so consistent, and the each yeah. way options are out there. He's, he's been if, like he's just an auto payout, yeah. Hmm. But here, here's the thing: if if you're considering an each way bet on Scheffler, 
Are you kind of just leaving a little bit of um, potential profit on the table when you're doing it each way at that short an odds? That, that's that would be my view on it. I'd be at that at those odds. I'm chasing a win only bet. Yeah, I get that, but then Scheffler's not winning, and is mm-hmm. you know the the week that he goes out and puts even reasonably yeah. well, neutral. He'll That's abs- all we need. Yeah, neutrality. It, He'll absolutely walk an event, but he's not doing that. And Steve kind of articulated that with the numbers a second ago. And I can I can see Scottish Scheffler finishing third, fourth, fifth again this week. And um, each way punters yeah. would be paid out in that respect. This is the point. Can you actually see McElroy and Scheffler out of the top 10 or top eight if you're backing them each way with, say, Bet365? Uh, I, I can't see a world where both of those aren't near the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, it feels unlikely, doesn't it? I really can't. But these are the deci- yeah. These these are the decisions as a punter you need to make because yeah. you either side with one of these guys at the top or yeah. you know potentially both of them and just forget the rest of the field or yeah. you take them both on a you know and and a, a, a hope and assume that someone is going to be able to produce that those four days that can actually uh, get them just get their noses ahead of those uh, and that, those pair that's that's the other thing with DraftKings this week isn't it now that we've got players sub six thousand dollars all of a mm. sudden you've got a world where you could theoretically put McElroy and Scheffler in your team and then start I think it said something like you you, you end up with about six thousand eight hundred dollars av- on average to fill out the rest of your squad which actually Stars is doable with the likes of a Matthew Southgate or a Paddy Harrington available Mm. It's possible. Yeah. 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 The, the classic stars and scrubs strategy. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the bookmakers are telling you that, aren't they? You know, f- you know basically, you've almost got joint favourites at the top. And then we've got John Rahm, the Masters winner, who's as big as 14 to 1 with Bet Victor if you're prepared just to take the standard five places each way at Cordo Industry odds. Or if you're looking at extended odds, he's at 12 to 1. Mm hmm. Because I can see a world when John Rahm isn't contending for the victory this week. Because, you know, since he's won the Masters, his game does seem to have deteriorated a notch. Yeah. I think he was top 10 at the US Open, but never seriously content. You know, it was another one of these backdoor top 10 jobs that John tends to do when he's not playing great. Yeah, yeah, and we you often see this Masters hangover, don't you, with with players, and it can it can take a, mm. a, a while. It can take a long while yeah. for players to get get beyond that. And that again, that's just a, a mental thing, I think, where you've you know you've achieved a lifetime yeah. ambition, a lifetime goal, and you need to mentally reset after that and think, well, where do I go now? What what's my next target? The Open Championship is a fantastic target, but whether that is something that he, he, he doesn't give the impression that he's been working up towards that to, to justify a punt, in my view. Mm. I looked at that, you know, um, I looked at that whole green jacket s- s- uh, symptom, if you like, before the US mm. Open and completely ignored it because I put John Rahm up at the, uh, sorry, at the PGA Championship, the second major, because I looked yeah. at that, uh, that, you know, where to play, and most of them, most of the players actually didn't win till the following year, calendar year. And there were a few, like Adam Scott, who uh, Adam Scott, I think, won in a in a FedEx Cup playoff was his next win after winning the Masters in 20... Would that have been 2013? 2012? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, only Spieth blew it up. Spieth clearly went. He uh, he won the US Open after winning the Masters. And that's the route I took with Rome winning the PGA and that backfired badly. The other one I'm thinking of just talking about quickly is Cam Smith. I think, you know, if you were looking for an open venue that wouldn't suit Cam Smith, this one's right up there. So for me, Cam Smith, I he was on the short list here. I, I, I put a... I've put a, 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 a red line right through Cam Smith. I just don't think this course with its absolute necessity to drive the ball well and straight, this just is completely the antipathy of what Cam Smith would want. Yep. Yeah. 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 I, I, even though he won, uh, he won on the Live Tour, didn't he, last time out, the driving accuracy stats that we got from that. Yeah, you know, it was all about the short game and the putting, which when Cam Smith wins, it does tend to be that. So if you're trying to match courses and course conditions and style of play and strategy to a certain type of um, venue for Cam Smith, then it doesn't feel like a good fit to me either, I must say. Other thing of note, I couldn't find, and this is out of your preview, Paul, and, and clearly the research that I did, I can't find an open championship winner for a long time that was shorter than 16 to 1. No. And that was no. Jordan Spieth. And if I remember correctly, he was favourite at 16 to 1 in a very, yeah, very does, open affair. It does tend to be that, just kind of that next tier down in the betting, doesn't mm. it? Where where there's a, a nice, rich seam of winners you can pluck the right ones out. Well, that takes us to 20 to 1 on the betting board right now. So over to you, Paul, because I know that you've got a selection around this point that you've you've placed in the in your betting preview this week. He has, yeah. I got, in, in terms of my preference, I've kind of slotted him in second, but um, that's... Um, yeah, in in terms of overall stake, it's neither here, neither, neither here nor there. Um, yeah, I've backed Brooks Kepka Now, I took him with 10 places at 18 to 1 depending how you want to play it and you get these same uh, same same questions each week um 20 to 1 you can take with eight places 22 to 1 if you want to take fewer each way places i placed him with 10 with 18 to 1 that's how i chose to play it but each for their own now with brooks what you need to overcome is the fact that historically well eight out of the last 10 winners have played an event the week before the Open Championships. There's a stat there that would suggest a warm-up event is a really good move. Now, if you apply that to this year, um, that would exclude every single live player because they can't have played last week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, if you get as brutal as that, then you're just going to put a line through every live player. And I think for me that would be a huge mistake because Brooks. He doesn't particularly like playing the week before a major anyway. Um, he tends to like to put his feet up and uh, come in really fresh. Um, and that's not been a particularly bad strategy for Brooks Kepka, is it, over the last few years? Five times now a major champion. Um, talking about Rory, all five of those major championship wins have come since Rory won his last major championship title. Um, you know, In terms of the way that you'd um, look at major history and statistics I know there's a statistic on the predictor for major performances over the last five years um, Brooks is right at the top of that as you'd expect if you strip out players who have only played one event on uh, on their recent major 
starts, then uh, again, Brooks is right up there on the data that's on the site this week. So you can't ignore him at a major championship. He is a major machine in that respect. Second at the Masters this year, one at Oak Hill, as we know, because we were all on him. 17th at uh, LACC in firmer conditions. I think this week, softer conditions are going to suit him down to the ground. I think that's the point. When we look back at Oak Hill and something you picked up on, Steve, um, just afterwards, he opened with a 72 that week. Um, the rain started to come down, softened the course up a bit, and mm. Brooks just absolutely took off from that yep. point. And he never got that at LACC. And we knew, to be fair, no. we knew he wasn't going to get that because that's just that course was always going to be absolutely criminally firm and fast up to the greens, and it was. Yep. So, yes, this is a totally, this is a far more accommodating Brooks Kepka setup. Mm. I, th- I think so. I mean, no, nobody could live with those um, final 54 holes from Brooks at Oak Hill. He was just um, a step and a level level beyond. In terms of Open Championship form, um, four top tens in the Open from eight starts. He was third after day one here back in 2014. Bear in mind, back in 2014, he was um, you know, largely a European tour player at the time. Um, you know, it was way before his career really took off. Um, he, he drifted down after the first day, but he showed some promise here at least. The number that got me, he was third at Valderrama a fortnight ago on the Live Tour. Second that week for total driving, third for ball striking. Yeah. So if you've got a player like Brooks Kepka going to a course like Valderrama, which mm. demands precision, strategy, and he's producing those kind of long game statistics, then we know that his game, his long game, is in a fantastic state right now. Paul, and he's coming forgot, to a you've, course. You've, you've forgotten one big stat on that Valderrama. He was mashing it 318 off the tee as well. And he was 11th <laughs> for driving accuracy. Well, there you go. Yeah, Perfect. And if, you, if you're going to you come into a course where you're going to need, and to, to what you said, you're going to need to pick driver up this week. You can't navigate around this course with irons because it's going to play too long in that respect. So you've got to take a chance and you've got to be working away to miss these bunkers from off the tee. Um, and keep yourself in bounds as well. Mm. And if you've got a player who's hitting it long and hitting it straight enough and doing that on a course like Valderrama, then I think coming here this week, he will be incredibly uh, confident that he can repeat that and continue to uh, continue to contend at major championships. So for me, Brooks, an absolute auto bet this week. Yeah, I'm on. Regulars won't be surprised to hear that I'm on Brooks Kepka at a uh, major. The only major I wasn't on him this year was the um, the Masters. So yeah, I'm I'm on Brooks Kepka. He was also, I mean, I think he was fifth and first for greens in regulation in the last two live events. Yep. So let me get this straight. He's hitting the ball long. He's hitting the ball pretty straight. He's hitting tons of greens. He's putting quite well. <laughs> and we know that at a major strategically. Him and his caddy are pretty much you know, top three in the business. Yep. They know exactly where to place the ball to minimise danger. And as Barry's always pointed out, Scotty Scheffler and Kepka are just the best at minimising mistakes and not turning fundamental errors into doubles or worse. They get away yep. with a bogey and move on to the next hole. Yeah, take your medicine. You got it. So yeah, I'm on Kepka. 
What about you, Barry? You, you got you on Kepka? You got any others that are kind of sub twenty five to one? That kind of number. I'm trying. I'm trying to figure out what to do this week. I might actually, for me, end up on a week where I don't back half the field. So that should be an interesting. <laughs> um, it'll be interesting to look at an app for once without like fifteen stars on it. Uh, so. I, I I'm already on Ricky um and Hovland um and I've not finalized where I'm kind of going yet with this but yeah if if I wanted to kind of somebody in around that price then it's it's Kepka's there that's he's you have you always feel like if you back him that you're gonna have a really good sweat for your bet throughout the week mm-hmm. um and and if you're just if you're having a bet for you know, fun or for money, either way, like that's, it feels like you've got a good run out of it with him. Um, it's yep. very rare that he shoots himself in the foot and he's gone from early doors in the tournament. So. No. It's no, not no. as if that he, it's not as if his open re- record is bad, is it? 10th, 2015, 6th, 2017, 4th, 2019, 6th, 2021. If that was yeah. someone other than Brooks Koepka, would be raving what a fantastic open championship re- venue uh, record it is. But Brooks's US mm-hmm. Open and PGA Championship record is far better. So you don't actually tend to talk about his open championship record, which is great. Yeah, and I, I, you know, we talked about um, resetting and you know wanting to uh, work out what the next title is, what the next. Um, what the next target is for a player of someone like Brooks Kepka's quality and to win an open championship, to be champion golfer of the year, it's got to be right up there yeah. in his list of, uh, you know, of targets. And ticking the third leg of the grand slam off. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Barry, yeah. can you just explain to, there'll be a lot of people listening to this thinking Ricky Fowler at his price um, they're not so sure about it. What is it that that's really got you on the Ricky train this week? Com- complete and utter emotional devotion. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear, <laughs> that's that's it. Um, I've had I don't know for a while back. It, I guess it just it would be yeah. It is that. Just be really happy to see him win. Been a fan of his for years, so um, it, it's it's definitely not a bet with my head. It it helps that he's um, he's playing what de- definitely in the top ten best players in the world in the last few months, maybe a little higher than that. Um, I'm kind of drawn to where I was back at um, Carnoustie when Francesco Bolinari won. And I remember saying on the pod that um, we'd be kicking our, yeah, I'd be, you know, we'd be kicking ourselves if we didn't back him because he was yeah. the hottest player on the planet at the time. And mm. so I'm going back to that. Uh, I, I took my own advice and backed him that week, which was nice. And I'm going back to that kind of train of thought here for this, and picking who you know who I see as playing the best golf out there or in the top few playing the best golf and. I, I think it's just going to be one of them. I can so, back you up yeah, with numbers. My eight-week oh, strokes gain trackers, yeah? Scheffler ranked... This is of players that aren't live, yeah? Scheffler one, McElroy two, surprise, surprise, surprise. Hatton three. So this is strokes gained total, current form over the last eight weeks. Fowler is four. 
So as we sit here, looking at that, Fowler's the fourth best player in the world right now. Mm. Um, I'm backing him as well, Barry. Fowler's second on my list. And uh, podcast listeners will already know from the research podcast, I backed Hovland as well pre-event. So I've got Kepka, I've got Fowler, I've got Hovland. Those are my three at that price point that I'm going for. Hmm. Some consistency I, with you boys then. I could be completely mirrored on you, Steve, by the time I settle on everything and have Kepka as well. But, and, and maybe just leave it at that. I might, yeah, maybe one long shot just for, for fun. But I, I really just see you needing to be firing on your game for this. Mm. I, for the life of me, can't understand, and this is why people listen to the podcast, they like an opinion. They like they like to shoot you down when you're wrong as well, and that's fine. I, for the life of me, cannot see why Ricky Fowler is at 22 to 1. 25 in a spot, bet Victor, or Unibet. And Patrick Cantlay is getting backed off the board at the same odds. I just don't get it. I can't compute doesn't compute to me. Yep. And he did nothing last week. Well, he, he can't do nothing. anything at uh, uh, anything that's less than about 28 degrees Celsius. You know, it just <laughs> he, he, he's a pretty much a one... He, he just struggles, can't he, when it's... Cu- it's going to be 18 degrees and wet at points this week. That does not scream Patrick Cantley in any way, shape or form mm. at an open venue. Yeah. just doesn't. I mean, I was yeah. mug enough to put him up at fourteen to one to win the Scottish last week, and he missed the cut. <laughs> so yeah, I, if 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 he features at the Open, then he doesn't win anyway. Would, well, no, history would suggest that it will be because he shoots sixty-seven in the final round and comes through and finishes in a tie for eighth. And yeah, if you've backed him each way with uh, extended places, then you might get an each way place out of it, but. I can't see much no. excitement in that. Barry just mentioned it, didn't he? Barry just mentioned it, yeah? You're not getting much of a sweat for your money with Patrick Cantley, are you? But you are with someone like a Brooks Kepka. Hmm. And literally, Kepka's yeah. at 20-1 to 1 with Bet365. Patrick Cantley's 22-1. to 1. I just I just don't see it, sorry. Can't get my head around it. Well, and the way the market's going, they'll, they'll be equal by the end of the day. Craziness. It's, yeah. Absolute Very craziness. Strange. Um, well, I've got a, I've got another couple personally that I've backed in that kind of next mid range. Um, Colin Morikara, I've backed. Uh, I took him at thirty five to one with eight places yesterday, and that was with three six five. Thirty to one now has been nibbled in a little bit. Now Morikara increasingly looked like a winner. Um, you know, an impending winner over the last few weeks and months. He lost that playoff to Ricky Fowler. Um, on his last start of the Rocket Mortgage. Uh, you know, if he'd have won that, then statistically, in going back to every number, every metric that we talked about on the pre- uh, preview pod, he would tick every single box. Yeah. And look, just, you know, if, if you dissect his Rocket Mortgage performance, that fits perfectly for this. Two Eagles, 21 birdies, one bogey over the course of the four days. That, for me, is a great blueprint for what a winning performance could look like here. Maybe a bogey or two more, but certainly you're going to need to make a couple of eagles uh, or quite a few birdies this week to get yourself into the position, get yourself into the winning score, kind of mid-teens under par, I think. 
that are going to it's going to be good enough to win this. Par fives historically have been important for this. Woods was 14 under for par fives when he won here. Uh, Rory was 12 under. Of course, they've changed the 10th hole to a par four now. It's a long par four rather than a five, so it's a par 71 course. However, you're still going to need to go and score. You're going to still need to make um, some birdies and eagles on the other par five. So Morikawa, fifth for the season for par five scoring. He was 10th at the Masters, 26th at the PGA, 14th at the US Open, nice and consistent. And uh, he's been off watching the tennis at Wimbledon for the last uh, last week or so. Um, you know, others have been toiling around Renaissance. Um, he's been putting his feet up, ready to come here, ready to win a third major in my view. And uh, yeah, I'm quite happy to take him at that kind of mid-price. And as you said, that kind of juicy price where a lot of the winners yeah, tend to come from for sure. at the Open Championship as well. We we said in one of the trends, didn't we, Paul? The, 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 I think it, we got, there, there's a significant amount of recent winners that played either the Scottish or the Irish Open. Mm-hmm. But you can also find a contingent of PGAers, including Francesco Molinari, who came straight from the John Deere Classic and won this. Uh, Jordan Spieth won the Travellers before he won this. You do get that trend. Zach Johnson was another, wasn't he? I think he went fifth at the Travellers yeah. and then second at the John Deere Classic or something like that. Got off the plane, won at St Andrews. So that's the other way in for this. Someone that was absolutely on red-hot form between the US Open and the Open Championship at a PGA Tour event in America. Morikawa just mm-hmm. ticks, doesn't he? Second in that playoff, yeah, with Adam Hadwin. And also, of course, Ricky Fowler won. The other thing that I've noticed with Morikawa, the putter's working. Yeah. All of a sudden, Morikawa's making putts. He was in the top 25 for strokes game putting at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. He's just outside the top 25 of my rolling strokes game putting metric, but that include Libsters. So you may take mm-hmm. take away Libsters. He's in the top 25 uh, of players that are you know regularly playing rather than just one-off performances. I, I'm all, I'm sorry to say this. I sound like a complete and utter sheep, but I'm on Morikara as well. Uh, well, this is going to go horribly, lines. horribly, horribly wrong. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You can only, but thirty-five I I, I, to one, eight places each way yesterday on Colin Morikawa was a gift. Yeah, and he's still thirties in most places. I mean, I still think that's an amazing price. Yeah, he's longer than Shane Lowry. Please, please help me. You're gonna follow us in, Barry. He doesn't like Colin Morikawa, so he'll probably I say I, no. I, He's he's just he's so yeah I don't know the the personality doesn't pop for me but um, I had a a fearful saver I just on the exchange um, just to cover him off just to cover him off in case he just goes and turns into a robot this week. Mm. I've said since the start. I mean, this Open Championship seems to have been going on for three weeks for me doing podcasts and shows. I, I was on Pat Mayo's show last week and I said to Pat. This statistic of when you miss the fairway, distance by missing the fairway is, I think, critical this week. And Colin Morikawa is number one on the PGA Tour. When he misses, he doesn't miss by a lot. And 
he is sufficiently long enough yeah, to gain strokes off the tee this week, sufficiently long enough, but he's iron straight. Mm. Perfect. It's just the perfect model for this golf course, in my opinion. Yeah. As long as he hits plenty of greens. The chipping game's not the yeah. best, but you know we all have weaknesses. But I, I think Morikawa's really, really suited to this golf course. Yeah, I think he's 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 a live play for this week. He's uh, he's got a real chance. I think. Um, the only other one I've backed, um, I've I've got a few. I know you you've done some long shots, Steve. I've got I've got a few ideas as well. Um, the only other of the one I've backed um, in double digits is Tom Kim, uh, forty five to one. Eight places each way. He's hovered around the same kind of price. Actually, he's not not really shifted in the market. A lot of the movement in the market came um, anti post as he was playing well last week at um, at Renaissance. Now I remember when you put up Colin Morikawa when he won the um, twenty twenty US PGA Championship, Steve. And you quoted Sir Matt Busby then um, in your preview, saying, "If you're good enough, um, then you're old enough." And I think in that respect, Tom Kim. Um, fits that analogy, fits that uh, statement very, very clearly. Only 21 years old, but this guy, I mean, turned pro at 16, didn't he? 11 wins worldwide already for a 21-year-old. Two of them on the PGA Tour last year. Um, and he's got an incredible career ahead of him, in my view. Eight for uh, LACC last time in the major championship. That was his best major finish of his career so far. Uh, finished third at Renaissance last year. Absolutely loved it. He was sixth um, at Renaissance this week, just gone. And that was with um, a final hole double bogey. I mean, it, that, that final hole, Tom was just trying to get out of the way so Rory could uh, could, could mop up and uh, have his chance to win the title with his 10-footer. And he ended up three-putting that and, uh, you know, kind of took a little bit of the gloss off of his um, finish there. But, you know, we talked about Hatton uh, hitting the lead. Tom Kim hit the lead on Sunday as well. And, you know, he was another one who had a live chance to win that tournament. For the season, top seven for greens in regulation, top seven for driving accuracy on the PGA, on the PGA Tour. He's got the perfect game for this, in my mm. view. Um, if he's going to go and improve on his open cha- or his, um, his major championship record, then um, this could be the week that he, get, again, pushes on that personal best from, from eighth last time at uh, LACC to to something even stronger and potentially even pushing for the title this week. So as an each-way punt, 45-1, to one, Tom Kim, quite happy to take that. Theoretically on Tom Kim, if you're looking for major success with Tom Kim, I reckon the Open Championship suits him suits him far better than any of the American-based majors. Tom mm. Kim at the Masters, eight thousand nine hundred yards in reality. <laughs> well, maybe not, maybe not eight thousand, but seven thousand nine hundred. Yes, I mean, I think he, he played well this this year, didn't he? But it's probably too long for him. PGA Championships tend to be these huge driver fests. <laughs> Might get, you know, if he can get a shorter PGA like they played up in San Francisco a few years ago, he's definitely live. But this is what I'm saying. For a guy who thrives on medium to short golf courses, the Open Championship is going to be the best setup to win a major, in my opinion, for Tomkin. Hmm. No, I agree. Now, I don't say that's this week, personally, but. I can see your logic 100%. Yep. 
I mean, you know, Tom Kim winning at Beth Page Black, say a PJ Chat, is just not happening. It just isn't long enough. And I know he's young and he's going to develop his driving distance, but a 7,300 yard medium to length golf course is more his jam. Has to be. Yeah, with, a, Has with to an be. emphasis on yeah em- emphasis on uh, accuracy over over pure power. Um, I think that should play into his hands quite nicely. Here's here's my short list for this. Right, clearly I've pre-backed Hovland. Said that. Um, Scheffler, Kepka, Fowler, Zander, Rahm, Cantlay, McElroy, Cam Smith. I know it's all the favourites. Tyrrell Hatton, Wyndham Clark, Tommy Fleetwood, and that was from a tweet I saw ages ago, so or last week, saying that they. The last, how many winners of this had all averaged something like 2.3 strokes gained per mm. over the last period of time. I don't even know the details, but I, I do know the list. I've gone for Kepka, tick. Fowler, tick. The other one I'm going for on this list is Wyndham Clark. Mm-hmm. I can't, again, I, I'm some of the price in this, this week has kind of... Shocked me, and Wyndham Clark. I'm not as shocked as Wyndham Clark being the price he is, as compared to Patrick Cantlay and Brooks Kepka being the same price. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Sorry, but Wyndham Clark at fifty to one with bet three six five eight places each way. I think is a cracking bet. You know, won the U.S. Open, seems to have lifted himself to a whole new level. Bear in mind, he's second in the Ryder Cup qualification process, and we're finding him at fifty to one. Yeah. Played the Open last year, made the cut. Numbers that I like from last week in Scotland. 20th for off the tee, 19th. 18th for approach, 7th for tee to green. Could not get on with the greens. He was 3.6 negative on the putting. So that's positive for me. He was also 12th for total driving, 10th for ball striking. So yeah, I think Wyndham Clark at 50-1, to I could see Wyndham being in the mix this week as certainly to get a top eight finish. Yeah. So Wyndham no, Clark's no, the last one for me. Yeah, it was tempting, I must say. Um, it, and if you take away the last few holes, he was actually far higher up the leaderboard at Renaissance than his final position actually would suggest. So mm-hmm. yeah, can, can see your logic. Now you've got, um, you've got three triple digit or longer prices as well, haven't you? I have. I was having a fish around yesterday for some value at big each-way prices. Um, The first one I got was Corey Connors, and I managed to snag him before he was backed off the board at 100 to 1 with bet 3658 places each way on Corey Connors. And I've put here in the commentary, we're out of bounds on six holes will cause carnage as will long fescue just off the fairway. The transition between fairway, two to three yards of two-inch long fescue and long knee-high fescue is amazingly short in distance and stark in result. This is the point. You, know, you basically can miss a, a fairway by three yards and you are in serious trouble here. Connors is 18th for strokes going off the tee this season and tellingly he is sixth for distance from edge of fairway. So yeah, fits. Don't forget, of course, Morikawa is first for that particular strat- that particular statistic. You can throw in McConnor's fifth for greens in red. Don't mind that. Yeah, and he's he's fringe. He's, he's so fringy, isn't he, in terms of these 
There's a whole list of majors where he's been right in contention, finished top 10 at the, at the Masters, which again, it seems to be a great comp for this. Um, 17th at Kira Island in that windy um, renewal 2021. The one thing I will say about Connor is he's not exactly gilt-edged on a Sunday. I know that. But hopefully he can snag a top eight at 100 to 1. So 20 to 1 for a top eight, I'll take that. Uh, don't forget, of course, he was second going into Sunday at, uh, to the PGA Championship at Oak Hill. Um, other than that, I've got Russell Henley. Now, Russell Henley's an interesting character. You know you know for a fact, boys, that he's on my post-it note of doom. You know, I'm open <laughs> to that. I'm, I'm very upfront about that. Um, I don't like backing Russell Henley at 16-1 to joint favourite for the John Deere Classic, which he was two weeks ago. I'm not in for that. But the fact of the matter is, with Henley, if I actually go through my eight-week strokes gained tee to green numbers, I've got Scheffler at one, I've got McElroy at two, I've got Russell Henley at three, and this, that's for PGA Tour regulars. So he's third in this field for strokes gained tee to green over the last eight weeks on the PGA Tour. So 125 to one. I was more than pleased to take that. I got that with Boyle Sports, eight places each way of 50 odds. Steve, just oh. to be annoying, mm-hmm. um, Henley has only had his best results in an open that I can see in the tracker here is 20th. And he has nearly as many missed cuts as finishes uh, on the weekend. It sounds like Cam Smith get- last year before won the open. He's, his best was uh, 20th. Touché. Yeah, but I'm not backing him <laughs> to win, Barry. I'm backing him to get a place. Top eight, 125 yeah. to one. That's the point, isn't it? He was 10th after 36 holes uh, at Royal Bank Birkdale in 2017. He finished 37th. So he's kind of been there or thereabouts. And when you actually look into these each way, long triple digit prices, it tends to be that logic that comes in. Someone that isn't staring you in the face with a second place finish either last week at the Scottish Open or at last year's Open Championship. It's someone that was kind of there or thereabouts last year or in years previous and just fell away. Thing is, I think Henley's a far better player now than he was at Royal Birkdale in 2017. And his world ranking he's, he's, would back that up. He's so I've got a kind consistent. of hope. Bear, bear in mind, Barry, he was fourth at the Masters. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's supremely consistent. Um, if So question then, if he places this week or... I mean, God forbid wins. We don't um, win. <laughs> okay, so if he if, if he places this week, does he get off the post at note of doom? No. I think he's a terrible bet if you're betting someone to win a tournament. He tends to be quite flaky, doesn't he? I remember when he got stared down by Hideki Matsuama at the Sony Open last year. He does it. I mean, he's, 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 I think he's had four or five PGA Tour victories. So he can win, but it tends to be lower grade events. I don't foresee him winning the Open this week, but I'll tell you what, 125 to one, I was prepared to take that. I think Boyle Sports know what they're doing because when I looked at 10 places each way, I think he was 100 to one. They'd lock 25 points off of it. Mm. That is the price you're playing with eight places. So yeah, 125 to one on Henley. And the other one I took... 150 to 1 with Boyle Sports, 8 place each way of 50 odds, was Denny McCarthy. Who I think is making his open debut, but again, he's playing some fantastic golf this season. 
He was uh, sixth at the John Deere Classic two weeks ago when I was on board. Uh, seventh at the Travellers before that. That was a designated tournament with the best field. And then, of course, he was second at the Memorial Tournament, where he lost in a playoff to Victor Hovland. Again, another designated tournament with very, you know, just a pretty much a, a mini-major field in it. So a second, a seventh, and a sixth. He's 14th in terms of Ryder Cup qualification. I don't see him getting into the Ryder Cup, but that just shows you how well he's been playing. He's only just behind Ricky Fowler in terms of Ryder Cup qualification, and he's uh, and he's ahead of Tony Fina. So I took 150 to 1 on Denny McCarthy, who, just out of interest, was 8th for driving accuracy, 4th for total driving, and 4th for greens in regulation. You can throw in third for ball striking at the John Deere Classic last time out. So for a player that's an absolute whiz around the greens, probably the best putter in the world, and he's got those kind of tee to green numbers, I was, yeah, Denny McCarthy, 150 to 1, I'll take a punt on him. So there's three for you that were triple digits. Connors no longer is. McCarthy, 150s. Henley, 125 to 1. Connors right now, as we said at the top of the show, there is uh, some 80 to 1 about him still with Bet365 right now. Mm -hmm. Any other bets for you two? Um, you go first, Barry, if you've got a long shot now. I've got three names to consider um, after that. No, I, I liked the Danny McCarthy one, Steve. I was kind of thinking about that myself, but uh, I have nothing else on the, the long shots right now. Um, yeah, so over to you, Paul. Um. Three names that caught my eye. Um, you know, if you just fancy a, a, a couple of quid each way, Matt, Matty Jordan, uh, two hundred and fifty to one. Uh, Jordan's a Hoy Lake member. He qualified qualified for this um, through the final qualifying process. Dream come true for him to be playing on his home course um, on an Open Championship. Um, he's been top twenty last um, three of his last six starts. So. Um, and got the right kind of game, I think, to play well here. So Matthew Jordan, 250 to 1. Ewan Ferguson, 350 to 1. Uh, Ferguson, he won the boys' amateur here at Hoylake 10 years ago. He won twice on the DP World Tour last year. Fourth at the Belfry recently. Twelfth last week in Scotland. He topped the field for scrambling last week in Scotland, Ewan Ferguson. Uh, 350 to 1 is a big price for that player. Um the other one, Matthew Southgate at 500 to 1. He's another one who got through final qualifying. 10th uh, at uh, Himmerland the week before last. And he had a shot at, at uh, a 59 in the final round there. Um, got to the final hole and had a chance of uh, a birdie to shoot 59. So playing some great stuff. Missed the cut last week, 500 to 1. But he's got a great links record. He loves links. Matthew Southgate, second at the Dunhill Links, Fourth and second at the Irish Open over the years. 6th and 12th at the Open Championship in the past as well. So when he's on Matthew Southgate, he can get himself into the mix on a Lynx course, regardless of the opposition out there. So three to consider, Southgate, Ferguson, Jordan. The ones are back to the top of the market. Morikawa, Kepka, Tom Kim for reference. That's me. All done. Let's recap then. So, if you if you've made it this far, far listener, um, we're on Twitter. Barry's at a good talk golf. Paul is at golf betting. I am at Bamford Golf. Um, give us a give us a follow on Twitter. That would be fantastic. And of course, if you are listening on Spotify, 
Press that five star button and it'd be great to get a five star review from you on Apple Podcasts. Right. Good luck with your bets, chaps. It's uh, It's been a very enjoyable show. I hope they go well. Yeah, best of luck, boys. You too. Thanks for beaming in, Barry. Much appreciated on the Open Championship preview. Um, I hope your bets go well, listeners, and your DraftKings teams. We will be back next week with a post-Open Championship hangover. Paul, what event have you got next week? Have you any idea? (laughs) I I haven't looked past at at all. I've no (laughs) idea what's going on. Um, no, you've got the three M open. And no, there's nothing in the schedule for really? three weeks on the European Tour, oh, right, the okay. DP World Tour. So I'm fully expecting an announcement tomorrow, probably with a kind of a I don't know, a Canary Island swing or something to prop up. But uh, <laughs> as it stands, there's nothing in there, so uh, okay. it could be a blank week. We'll be back next week with our three M open show. See you again soon. Cheerio. If you like betting on golf. But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf